It's a reading from Luke chapter 2, 1 to 12, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth, Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped them in cloths and placed them in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening, everybody. My name is Pete. I'm the pastor or the vicar here. Could you put your hand up if you're feeling Christmassy yet? Some of you still holding out, but it's good to see a majority in the room. Good. Um, You're very welcome here. It's lovely to have you at St. Paul's, Harringay. And um, what an evening to sing carols together. It's a joy. Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And it's on that I just want to take a moment to dwell with you on the, the heart of it all. Would you pray with me? Father God, please would you help us, we pray, as we get to dwell on the good news of Jesus Christ in the Bible. Amen. I don't know about you, if, if, um, for my birthday, if anyone remembers and sends me a card, I'm pretty pleased. I think that's really quite good going. Like, ooh, somebody remembered. Imagine if you, like, for Jesus, everyone takes a bank holiday. I mean, imagine if that, for your birthday, right, it, um, it's Ben's birthday, so the whole country is going to take a bank holiday, okay? and they're not just going to give Ben presents, they are going to exchange presents with each other, because they're so pleased about the good news. I actually think it's an amazing thing. Christmas, we, we sort of do it in this country, don't we? It's part of the, the furniture. In the Bible it says, and we just heard Margaret read it there in Luke chapter 2, it says, Christmas is good news of great joy for all the people. Why? Let's do a quiz. Let's try and draw this out, okay? Would you, would you be willing? If you've got any audience participation with you, I need you now. Um, it's going to be a quiz called The Strong whoopsie, and The Vulnerable. Okay, so um, I'm going to go through those characters in this classic Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. And there we go, strong. And if, you, if they are strong... If they're presented as a strong character, I would invite you to put up your hand. And um, if they're a vulnerable character, you know what vulnerable means? It um, easily hurt, okay? Unprotected from attack. If they are vulnerable, then I'm going to use the church furniture and we'll put them over here. Okay, so at the, at the top of the story, Luke chapter 2, it starts off with a person called 
Caesar Augustus. We're told he was the emperor of the entire Roman world. He's pretty much the most important, most powerful man at the time when he gives a census, everybody has to hop to it. Hands up if you think he is strong. Thank you. Hands up if you think he's vulnerable. Okay, the strongs have it, yes. Here, I think he, he is perhaps the most obvious, isn't he? He's a, he's a strong dude. Um, okay, next character in the story is a man called Quirinius. And uh, we're told that he was the governor of Syria. So he was a Roman governor. He governed, um, governed a, a Roman province, which is like more than the size of a modern-day country. So he's not Caesar, but he governs the Roman province. Is he strong? Hands up for strong. Yes, uh, hands up for vulnerable. Yeah, he's pretty strong, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, guys. Okay, third character in the quiz, David. Now, David gets a few mentions in this, in this biblical text. David was a king of Israel. He actually died by the time Jesus was born. But nonetheless, he was the king of the entire country. Wrote a lot of poetry, won a lot of battles. Strong, hands up. Vulnerable, hands up. Okay, yeah, strong, he's strong, he's still a king. We're still dealing with kings. Okay, now it gets interesting. Fourth character in the story, Joseph. Joseph, we're told elsewhere in the Bible, was a carpenter. He was an ordinary tradesman. He came from a town called Nazareth, which nobody had heard of. It was a proper backwater town. It doesn't come up in the rest of history. And um, when the Romans, the occupying Romans, tell him to do something, he has to do it or he gets killed. Strong. Hands up. Mm, vulnerable. Hands up. Yes, I agree. Okay, let's, let's put him over here in the vulnerable camp. Not quite done yet. Fifth penultimate character. Mary. Mary. Fascinating woman. Okay, actually quite a lot of inner strength we know from elsewhere in the Bible. But in this, in this story, the story that we heard read out tonight, she is pregnant. She's engaged to be married to Joseph, but not married yet. So in those days, big scandal. She's a, she's a bride with a bump. And um, she's traveling probably on foot. Donkey, if she's lucky, 70 miles to get to Bethlehem. Strong, hands up. Vulnerable, hands up. I think so, yeah, the, the way she's presented here. Okay. Final character. He's called Jesus. And right at the end of Luke chapter 2, it, it, they say, and his name is Jesus. Now, Jesus, we're told, his first clothes were rags. His first bed was an animal feeding trough. And... Nobody at that moment, in verse 7, nobody at that moment knew that this little baby was born so far from home. Based on that evidence, hands up for strong. Hands up for vulnerable. Yeah, okay. But you kids, no, no, down here, lots of hands went up for strong. And you're onto something because Luke chapter 2, verse 11, by the way, I'm not going to commit myself straight away on this one. Um, I see that the vulnerables had it. But um, Luke chapter 2, verse 11, the angel appears just after he's been born. And the angel says, Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
So this little one goes right from the animal feeding trough to above Caesar. I mean, he's just been escalated right above the, the pecking order by this angel. So I feel uncomfortable. He is strong. You're right. But he is also vulnerable. You're right. And what's going on here? I'm, I'm convinced that the way this story is recorded, you see in Luke chapter 2, where I just want to focus, um, it goes right from the strongest Caesar all the way down to the very most destitute, the weakest, the little baby who's just been born far away from home. And what's going on is that Luke is giving us this mega hint that the whole social order is going to get overturned by this birth. And it's going to be good. Strange though, because we appear to live in a universe where only the strong survive. So how can we be saying that uh, the, the whole social order is going to get overturned here. Because isn't it dog eat dog? And isn't it survival of the fittest? Isn't that what we were taught? So isn't, isn't this the only way it can be? Strong people eventually rise to the top and vulnerable people have to fend for themselves. Except that's not it, is it? That's not, that's not actually what you think in your heart. It's certainly not what I do. I was reading this book last year by a historian called Tom Holland and he writes a book called Dominion, The Making of the Western Mind. He also hosts a podcast called The Rest is History. And he, he says that we've had a change of heart in the West. Because in those days, Caesar Augustus could do what he wanted. Like his stepfather was called Julius Caesar. And Julius Caesar goes off to Gaul. He conquers the whole of Gaul, modern-day France. He kills a million people while he's doing it. And he writes a book called Caesar's Gallic Wars. And he gets home and he says, I conquered France and I killed a million people. And everyone goes, well done. You're amazing. You're so strong. And yet today no one would say that, would they? No one would applaud if you killed a million people trying to grab some more land for yourself. But nobody is saying, well done, Vladimir Putin. You are so strong and impressive. We've had a change of heart. And historian Tom Holland, he says, Jesus is the change of heart. The good news was born into the world that night as he is strong, but he overturns the world by championing the vulnerable. It means a lot to me personally because three years ago we had a disabled baby born in my family and suddenly we had this vulnerable little one held in our arms. And um, I'm really glad that I don't live in a country where the strong win and the vulnerable get trampled on. I'm really glad that he had the best care that he could have had while he was alive because he couldn't have been more vulnerable. And so too in this country, we tend to value things like equality. You know, even if someone is stronger than someone else, we treat them equally. Dignity, no matter their stage of life, and palliative care. We, we love those things. And Jesus was, Jesus was beginning to overturn the social order that was built on people like Caesar Augustus. I want you to see the beauty of Jesus tonight because it could be this world. You and I, we, we could live in this world and it would be horrible. But actually, we get to live in Jesus' kingdom if you want to, where he is, he is the strong. He, you can't get stronger than Jesus. But he actually becomes this vulnerable baby, even becomes vulnerable in his death on the cross in order to lift up the vulnerable and bring down the strong, the unrepentant strong. I'm nearly done, but um, can I just point out <clears throat> the two characteristics that go along with this? 
Uh, there are two emotions described in the gospel reading tonight. Um, on the one hand, fear. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel turns up. Jesus has just been born and the angel says, do not be afraid. And the shepherds, I imagine, in the field going, ah, because angels are like super scary. They're not just babies with wings. Um, so this fearsome angelic warrior comes and says, don't be afraid. Ah, they're quaking in their boots. But actually being afraid, is, that's, that's the natural emotion of that world. Strong world. Because actually there's always a playground bully. And even when they leave, they just uprises another playground bully. There's, there's always a government throwing its weight around. And even if they get deposed, another government rises in its place. There's always a Caesar. And even when he dies, someone else fills his boots in his palace. So fear dominates in that world. But see the beauty of this world. Because the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy. And joy is the dominant note in this kingdom in, in Jesus' world. But you've got to choose it. The world, it's, it's as if it's always tilted in favor of the strong, so the vulnerable tend to slide down. I watched the new Wonka film yesterday um, with my family, and they say um, the greedy always beat the needy. And um, it's like the world is tilted, so the vulnerable always slide to the bottom, and the powerful can climb to the top. But if you choose it, if you choose Christ, then it could be different. Tom Holland, he's, he's the historian I mentioned, he's, he's um, got this fascinating end to his big book where he's gone through all the history of the West and all the various things that Christianity's achieved in, in the West that we don't always realize. But then he, then he says, do you want to know where I learned all this? It's basically from my godmother. And he says, as a kid, I was fascinated by the ancient Romans and the Greeks, and I loved the, the shields and the swords and the spears and the helmets. I loved the battles. I memorized them. I even wrote books about them, he says. But actually, it's from my godmother who sat me on her knee and read me my children's Bible. It's from her that I learned the thing that has got under my skin the most, and that is Jesus. And his way of lifting up the vulnerable. And he's actually at a very interesting place where I think he, he needs to choose Jesus once and for all, not just up here, but maybe right in here. And so too for each of us. I'd encourage you, it, I find this immensely more beautiful as a way of life, but you need to, you need to choose it. If you don't choose it, then eventually Jesus will just outstrong you. He can do that. He actually says in the Bible, I will come with a legion of angels one day, and whoever is against me, it will go badly. But if you choose him now, then all of this all of this and more is in his kingdom. If you would like to talk more about this, then I, I love talking about this, this man. This is why we're here as a church. I also love to sing and listen to music about him. And um, the choir are going to, in a moment, just um, sing us a beautiful piece of, piece of music called A Child is Born in Bethlehem. It's a Norwegian composed piece of music sung to a folk tune, I think. I'll pray. Oh Lord God Almighty, we thank you that um, good news of great joy was born into the world that night in Bethlehem. And how we thank you for Jesus Christ. We pray that um, for those of us who are willing, Father, he might get under our skin. He might get uh, deep into our bloodstream. And we thank you for the good news he is for all people. Give us that joy we've talked about, we pray. Amen.